that when he realized how big his inheritance was, this is the thought that came into his mind. I do not need to be fathered anymore. I don't need to be fathered anymore. Look at all I've got around me. I don't need a daddy. He takes all of it, and what does the Bible say? He goes off to a foreign land where there's no father, and he gets a bunch of friends, and he just goes crazy, and then he loses it all. And now listen to me. This is what it says in verse 15. Let's look at it. Luke 15, 15. When he went, then he went, and what did he do? He's looking for a father. He's looking for someone because he left his father. He didn't think he needed him anymore. Then he goes, oh my goodness, I am undone. He joined himself to a citizen of that country, but that citizen ain't no daddy. Only one daddy. Only one's going to love you unconditionally. Only one will be there all the time. He needed a spiritual father. Remember, he's still young, right? Now, we don't know how young he was. We think teenager, absolutely not. He was probably at least 30 years old. That was common in that Jewish culture. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed his swine. I'm going to tell you, that man didn't love him at all. One, he knew he was Jewish, and he knew he wasn't even supposed to be around swine. When he's supposed to be touching him, now he's in the field with him. We know that man didn't love him or care about him because of the very next verse. Look right here. And he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And what are those last few words? No one gave him anything. I mean, this is going to come down to our culture and our life and something the Lord's been dealing with me actually my whole life, but especially the last couple of years. We live in a culture of prodigals, but you don't stay a prodigal. Let me tell you what happens. You say, wow, this is a lot better than I thought. I don't need to be in my father's house anymore. Do you want to know why people leave church and why this younger generation is not in church? Well, we're not cool enough or we're not this enough or we're not that enough. That is an absolute lie. That is some statistic, statistical person who told you didn't know Jesus. I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't think they need to be fathered. I don't need them anymore. And we tell them, even in our culture, we say, look, you're 18. Look, you're 21. We're going to break the dinner plate. And that's fine. We want to raise self-dependent people. But don't ever, ever, ever think you don't need to be fathered. No one gave him anything. There was no father anywhere in that country to love him and father him. No one would. Verse 17. But when he came to himself... When he realized, I have made a grave mistake in life. I have left my life and I am living as an orphan. This was my point I skipped. Prodigals don't stay prodigals. They become orphans. Now, let me not preach anymore. Let me just talk to you. I grew up with an orphan mentality. I did. It wasn't my dad's fault. You know, my parents were separated. It didn't, fathering wasn't there. But I grew up with an orphan mentality. I wasn't rebellious. But because I wasn't used to being around a father, I just, well, I'll do it on my own. I'll figure it out. It's just this orphan mentality. And at 16, when I gave my life, surrendered to the Lord. I knew the Lord at seven. When I surrendered, the first thing, the first thing God did 
was put me into a local church. Why? Because I needed to be fathered. And he brought not one, two, three. He brought three, four men. Actually, I could say five men around me to father me. To father me. Because I, he had knew I had been in a foreign country where no one fathered. They weren't mean or necessarily bad, but they were not spiritual fathers. That's totally different, right? That's totally different. That's a world of difference. The world will give and have and do. They do not have spiritual fathers. So that was 16 to 22. Now at 40, and I've had these men in my life most of the time. At 40, I kind of reflected on life and I said, okay, if I've got 40 more years, Lord, if. I mean, you know, you don't never know. But this is what I want to do over the next 40 years. I said, Lord, I want to do this. And more, most importantly, I want to be a father, a spiritual father. First, obviously, I'm learning with my own kids, but I want to be a spiritual father. Now, I'm going to tell you what the Lord's done in me for the last year and a half. I said, okay, Lord. Remember, 16, I surrendered, and the Lord brought me to fathers. I said, okay, Lord, I'm 40. I want to be a spiritual father. You know the first thing the Lord does? He pushes me back again to fathers. He said, you need to hang out with, with Pastor Mike. He's going to father you. You need to get with Larry Stockstill. The Lord keeps pulling me to Bethany, pulling me to, Beth, to Larry Stockstill. He, he knows how to father. Because I'm more needy and more insecure? Absolutely not. Because if I'm going to be a spiritual father, where am I going to learn it from? Right? Right? So at 41 now, I'm just as needy for fathering as I was 20 years ago. Christians, we need to understand this. I, I never understood what Jesus was trying to tell to us. What Jesus was telling his disciples, he's telling us now. Don't you have a, a prodigal mentality? It'll lead to orphans. It'll lead to you being out in the field trying to work for something that you need. No, you need fathering. The promise that Jesus made, that he, and he said it 50 times when he's talking about the father. I promise, I promise to father you. If you'll stay with me, I'll father you, and I'll bring you uh, earthly spiritual fathers. That is the greatest void in our culture and society, that we do not have spiritual fathers. I see, I'm like, that's what Jesus was trying to tell them. Little children, don't ever think you don't need fathering. See, in our culture, 18, I don't need it anymore. We're constantly told we don't need it anymore, right? Grow up, we don't need it anymore. I will even submit the reason this culture right now, and statistically you can look at millennials, they're growing and doing everything later in life, getting married later, going to school later, doing this later. There's only one reason. It's not because they're selfish. It's not because they're so insecure. It's not any of those things. It's a lack of spiritual fathering. That's what it is. Okay, that's me number two on your notes. A promise to be fathered is given to all who follow Christ. Let me ask you a question. I just laid out all my life and who I am. Are you fathered spiritually? Is there, is there a, a hole? Say, I've just done it so long on my own. I don't know any different. That's what I've done. Do you feel spiritually fathered by your heavenly father and by an earthly, someone earthly who will put their arm around you and say, I love you. You don't have to work for me. I love you. That's, that's a deep, deep need. I want to show you 
Let me finish this and then we'll get to that. I never understood the prodigal son until I understood what he did. I never got that he said, I don't need to be fathered anymore. And I understand how Jesus is saying, look, I'm going to be gone. This is all about fathering. John 14 through 17, it's the longest discourse. It's almost as long as, I think it may be a few verses longer than the Sermon on the Mount. It's all about one thing. In my Father's house is a place for you. I'm going to prepare it so that when I come back, I want you to be what? With the Father. What in Isaiah, when Isaiah defines who the, what kind of father God is, what's the word he uses right before father? What kind of father? What does it say? He's an everlasting father. Do you know that fathering doesn't stop here, right? Right? Y'all can hear me. I'm loud today. Do you know that? He will father us in heaven. He will father us with Jesus right there with us. He fathers us in heaven. Let's keep looking here, and then we're going to, I want to finish this thing up. Verse 5, Thomas, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Thomas had a lot of issues, but I love his honesty. And Thomas didn't think that he didn't need a father. He understood that he needed to be fathered. He asked a childlike question, doesn't he? Megan and I rule on the daddy, mama, what is this? What, what, what? I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. We, we rule it. It's just all the time. It's all the time with us. So I understand Thomas. Lord, we don't know what's going on. We do not know the way. Like a child, he asked it. And Jesus answers it. This question from Thomas will catapult Jesus. And then if you keep reading, Philip asks another question into all of this I am statements, into all 50 times he talks about the Father. 50 times he's going to explain who the Father is. For chapter after chapter, verse after verse, he's going to do this. Last loan your notes, number three. His children have the assurance, assurance, they can ask any question without fear. Let's read one more scripture and then we're going to get back to this fathering thing. Okay, so here's all the disciples, right? I want to show you 1 Thessalonians 1. First Thessalonians chapter 1, 2 through 7. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God our Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance as you know, look at what it says right there. As you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. I never understood what they were saying there either, really. Verse 6. You became followers of us 
and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. That doesn't make sense. Why in the world are they following these people and following the Lord in a mess in much affliction? That, no, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to tell you why. Because the kind of men they were, were fathers. They were fathers, so it didn't matter what else was going on. They could follow, follow in much affliction or in anything with joy by the Holy Spirit so that you became, verse 7, you became what? Examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. I'm going to assert that this church was built on one thing. One thing, fathers. I, I'm, I'm realizing, oh, this is like a missing ingredient that we need to talk about way, way, way more. And some of you may, this may be your, your niche already. All right, let's finish this thing up. I'm going to show you a picture. We'll finish it with a story. That guy's only five, three and a half. His name is Charles Burney. He was born in 1960. I'm sorry, excuse me, 1860. <laughs> so you would think he would not be black and white, huh? <laughs> he was born in 1860 in Scotland. That, may, that name may not sound familiar. Let me tell you his life story. He was eight of ten children. Two died at birth. There were eight of them. His he was from a Christian conservative family. His father was a weaver. His mom obviously took care of the kids. Her name was Margaret. Like all large families, the older siblings raised the younger, and he had an older brother when he was six, going on seven. The boy was 13, going on 14. He was a wonderful 13-year-old. He was a leader. They would say he was his mother's favorite because he was such a servant. He was tragically killed the day before his 14th birthday in a ice skating accident. This man was six, his younger brother, uh, James. He was deeply wounded, and so was the mother who went into depression. She pulled herself out of depression, reading Pilgrim's Progress and John chapter 14, which is her favorite chapter to her son over and over and over, and the other kids. You know, life doesn't stop because of tragedy. They had all these kids. So she reads John 14 so much that she memorizes it. It is actually said that, and he writes this in his autobiography, when she couldn't read anymore because she lost her sight, you could take her Bible and put it on the table, and no matter how many times you put it on the table, it would open to John chapter 14. It would just open up naturally. So that she would take it, her Bible, and she would hold it in her hands and, and kiss it when she couldn't read anymore because she had it memorized and would still recite it. That had deep profound effects on this man. As he grew, he went to, they wanted him to be a minister, but he uh, was very creative and loved to write. He wanted to write plays. He wanted to write books. In fact, he did. He wrote multiple books. One was called The Little Minister. The first book he ever wrote was about growing up in Scotland and his childhood. But his most famous work was based on the son that, on his brother that died. And it was about a boy around 13 who went to a magical place that he never aged or grew old. Now, as he grew, you're already ahead of me, I see y'all. As he grew, he had a best friend, Arthur. 
Arthur had five boys. Boom, 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 boom. Arthur dies tragically of a sickness. His, the mother of the five boys dies four months later. This man, James, with Fort John 14 rolling in his head, takes these five boys in. He never had children of his own. His wife actually had left him. It was a whole mess. He didn't have a perfect life. He wasn't a saint. There's only one righteous man. That's Jesus Christ. Everyone else is just throwing themselves at the cross, but he does. He takes these five boys in, helps raise them with a nurse, and su supports them their whole life. He used to play with these boys in the yard a pirate game, and they were all pirates. And these boys in the pirate game never grew old and died either because John 14 says, Where I am, there you will also be with me forever. It was a boy who never grew up, and it was little boys that were lost that found a father. Y'all know who James Burney is yet? James Burney wrote this play of this kid, Peter Pan. James Burney understood fathering, even though he never had a kid of his own. Even though he had tragedy and death in his life, I think he understood fathering. I think we need to rediscover fathering in our life. Amen? We need to rediscover, and I'm going to tell you the number one thing, guys, this is especially for you. You need to say, I need it. I'm, I, I am discovering in my life how I need spiritual fathering in my life, and I need to be open constantly to the Father in my life. It's, it's counter to a lot of the way we grew up, and it's definitely counter to our culture, right? Okay, let's stand up. Kind of went all over the place there. Stephen, that's all over the place. And then you didn't really talk too much about John 6, 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. That statement is I am the way to the Father. He's going to say it 50 times. I am the truth of the Father. I am the life of the Father. And you can't go to the Father except to me. Amen? Let's, let's rediscover fathering in our life. That's what I learned this week. And I, it's funny, this was just a pep talk because I've been dealing with this a year and a half. A year and a half. And really I've been dealing with it all my life. Because God doesn't want to make you a more powerful moral agent. He wants you to be a child of the Father. He wants you to be a child of the Father. That's your first and great identity. Right? That's our great identity. Let's, let's come to the Lord right now. Larry, come up. Yeah, my, can't hear me? There we go. All right. Let's do this. We're going to spend some time with Jesus. And I, I just tried to be real honest, realizing, okay, one, let me make sure I'm not a prodigal in, in any area. You need to make sure that in any area of your heart, you're not a prodigal. I don't need fathering anymore. That's what the prodigal said. That's when his life fell apart. That's what this world says. I'm going to tell you, maybe you just need to start talking to people to get them to Jesus. Just start talking about the Father and see where they are. I think he'll do a great work. Amen? I think people will be very open when you say, tell me about do you feel fathered in life? Do you feel you have a spiritual father? Do you feel like you have a spiritual home? The, the longing is for the heart of the, fa is for the Father. So this is what we're going to do. 
So my first question to you is this. Do you feel fathered? Do you feel fathered? It's a yes or no. And it's kind of twofold. Do you feel fathered by the Heavenly Father? And do you feel like you have an earthly spiritual father? Well, Stephen, I'm 10 years older than you, two years younger than you, whatever. It's nothing to do with me. This is what I know in my life. When I surrendered and said, I don't want any prodigal in me because that's an orphan spirit. And I'm not talking about an external spirit. I'm, I'm talking about your mentality is I, I'm not good enough. I'm rejected. There's no one who loves me for my, because of my mistakes or whatever. That's an orphan mentality, right? The prodigal son never asked to be a son again. I didn't finish the story. He came to his senses and he said, oh my goodness, how many of my father's servants have got it better than I? I can never be a son again. That's what he says. He says, I'll go back to the father. And what does he ask? Does he ask to be his son? No. He says, just make me a servant. What? Do you hear the brokenness? Do you hear that I don't deserve to be a son anymore? That's the spirit of prodigal spirit. I don't deserve it anymore. I messed up too much. I just need to be a servant. Some of you think about yourself like that because I, I have multiple times. I messed up. I don't deserve to be a son. Just make me a servant. I'll do, just please. The father says, I'll have none of that. I'll have none of that. No, no. And he, he the ring the robe, and all of you reading the Bible about the party and the, the fatted calf, all of that was for one reason. So the son would know over and over and over unequivocally, without a doubt in his mind, this is his son again. That's what it was all about, right? So as we close here, we're going to do some worship. And this is what I want to ask you. If you say, you know what, I just, I don't feel fathered. When I surrendered and said, Lord, I, I need fathering, now, remember, we're dealing with a 20-year gap. The Lord first brought me to fathers. And 20 years, like more than 20 years, almost 25 years, at 16 is when the Lord started bringing spiritual fathers. And then again at 40, the Lord said, okay, you want to be a spiritual father, I'm going to bring some more. He brought them again. So do you need that? Do you need to ask the Lord, say, Lord, I need a spiritual dad in my life. I'm not saying it's me. It may be someone in this room. It may not. This is what I know. When a son asks or when a daughter asks, the Lord gives. So if that's you and say, you know what, I, I'm looking, I, want, I want you, Lord, to bring a spiritual father in my life. If that's you, I just want you to come and line up right here. Just come and line up. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter who you are. Come and line up. Yeah. Just line up. doesn't matter your age. Remove the prodigal spirit from your heart and mind. Get it out of there. Come on, get it out of there. Because it will lead to an orphan mentality. It will. And you got to get that thing off of you. Come on, we're going to worship and we're going to pray. You're asking the Father something that delights Him, I think, more than anything. That I want to be a better son and I want to understand you as a father better. That, that delights His heart. 
That's, I think one of the only reasons I'm here is I just said, man, I'm kind of needy, Lord. I need this. And he's done it for 25 years of my life. Come on. Let's worship, Lord. We're going to pray. Larry, just as a father, you're going to lay hands on these people, all right? Thank you. 
For your patience. Let's come to the Lord. Let's come to the Father right now as we close. Come on, let's come to them all. Let's just lift our hands. Lord, we realize what you were trying to do, Jesus. You wanted us to be fathered and and understand fathering throughout our entire life because guess what? For all eternity, we're going to be with the Heavenly Father who wants to father us eternally. Lord, we understand. We reject right now. I want you to reject. I want you to denounce, repent, whatever you need to do. We reject the prodigal mentality. We will not be rebellious from the Father, from spiritual authority or leadership. We reject it, Lord. We don't want any part of it because we know it leads to orphan. And we're not an orphan. We don't look at ourselves and say, well, I'm no good anymore. I just have to be a servant. No, we're a child of the King. We receive the spirit of adoption, the Bible says. We receive it from the depths of our heart. You love us. It doesn't matter what happened with our natural fathers or what lack we had. You love us, and we receive fathering right now. We receive it by the Spirit of God. Receive it. You're not forsaken. You're not a servant. You are a son. He puts his ring on you. He puts his robe on you. He calls everyone together, and publicly, I pronounce, as he pronounced, just like with the prodigal son, it was public to everyone around them. He pulled all the town together, everyone together, and he said, this is my son who was lost, but now he's back, and he's mine. So, Lord, I thank you that they will not only understand it privately. Your issue has often been you get in public and you don't feel like a child of God anymore. You are a child of God. He said it publicly. He pronounced it. He died publicly so you could live publicly. You are a child of God. This Father has pronounced it. Nothing can ever change it. He said you were. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Sing that one last time. I'm chosen. One last time as we close. Come on. Publicly He proclaimed it. You publicly know wherever you go. Come on. You say it. You say it.
not a servant. We are your sons and your daughters through the blood of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Now praise him. Come on, now thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And that is church. That is church. Relationship and interaction with God Almighty. God bless you. Amen. Have a great day.